All right. Um, do you remember how to do an intro? <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode I don't know anymore of X2 Attacks. Favorite top 100 games of all time. And it's been like a whole week since the last episode. I'm just so excited to be back in the studio recording this. I'm Stuart. With me as always is Blake. Hello. What a long week it's been. <laughs> no, it feels like seven months, but it's only been a week. Um, how do you plan on spending your summer? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, they usually go by so fast. I know, it almost feels like it's over already, but it's actually March as we're recording this. Yep, wild. I know. <laughs> you know what you should do in a few months' time? You should do a Drunk Bandicoot stream. But we have to be uh, careful, because apparently in the future, Discord won't work at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that'd be if funny if, like, you were hearing everything I was saying, like, two minutes after it happened. That was, that would have been, sorry, that will be the funniest thing that's ever happened to me on Discord, is in the future listening to you on stream and then two minutes later hearing you say it to me in person. Um, I'll have a new computer. I mean, I, I will likely have a new computer by the time Drunk Bandicoot Two rolls around. So, oh damn, yeah. How I, excited are you? I'm very excited. It is. It was built today, so it's a bit weird. That I'm not going to get it until October. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait like seven months <laughs> to get it. Jesus, I, I know what the hell. Anyway, we do we do this thing where we talk about our favorite games and we spin a wheel, and I think. Looking at the list, um, my list is a little bit bigger. Do you want to go first? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel, because that's what we do. We spin the wheel, and then a game will pop up, and then we'll talk about it. Watch it be a game that both of us have put on, so your list will get bigger anyway. I'm safe. The game is Vector Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been waiting <laughs> seven days for this. <laughs> um... Christ, Vectorman is probably the probably the oldest game on that list from me. Um, God, I'm back to saying um already just because I'm like, <laughs> I just don't know where to start with Vectorman. The first one was released in 1995, I want to say, just two years after I was brought into the world against my will. <laughs> um, and... Over the years, I've probably played that game through a good hundred or so times. It's not a very long game. Uh, probably put it in the realm of, like, I can finish it in, like, half an hour to an hour. But it is, without a doubt, probably one of my favorite games of all time. The music in it, which I believe I've sent you some of the music from it before. Yes. The music, I need to look up who did the music for it, because... If you go onto any of the YouTube videos of the music, the guy who actually did the soundtrack comments on it being like, I'm really glad people still like my music and stuff like that, which is super cool. Like, he's still just going about being like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one. Uh, I cannot find... Oh, no. I can't find the guy who did it. But I really like his music. I'm upset. Actually, if I just go onto one of the YouTube videos, it will likely have the... John Holland, that's his name. 
So, I don't no, know. I'm looking it up. I don't know how I first came to playing Vector Man. Like, I know that my. It's John Holland. Thank you. Like, um. Like, my dad had it for the Sega Mega Drive, which would be the Genesis in America, right? Yes. And it was one of those games where, like, when I was younger, I didn't really play it too much, but it was fun to watch because it was very bright and colorful and the music in it was super energetic. But as I got older, I was like, you know what, I want to try playing that. And it was one of the first few games I ever managed to beat entirely on my own without any help. And the the thing that for me that made it super cool was the fact that, as the name suggests, you know, Vector Men, a lot of it is based on, like, him changing shape. So you can find power-ups that turn him into a car, a missile, uh, a tornado kind of drill thing, a bomb. And you can use those things to traverse the map into different areas. So sometimes there's certain walls that can be blown up with the grenade that'll get you an upgrade or you can turn into a fish so you'll swim faster through the water parts of a level. It was really, really cool and fun. The bosses in it are all... All but two I find very enjoyable to fight. One of them I just find really annoying because... I, th I don't know what it is about it, but you have to, like, shoot through a very small gap and there's tornadoes bouncing around the map that push you out the way and through the gap, lightning comes out, so you have to attack through the hole really quickly and then move, but it's mm -hmm. very awkward to control. Other than that, though, all the bosses in it are really unique and fun. Some of them you have to, like, the best way to hit them is to hit them while they're off screen because there's one where you shoot him, you have to shoot him directly in the head. But when you do that, his head opens and starts just firing fireballs all over the place. There's one where you're on a train track and you just have to shoot the final boss. This isn't when you fight the final boss. He, he comes up all through the game to annoy you. But the second level of the game, you're on a train track and you have to move back and forward as a train like because Vector Man can turn himself into almost anything it would seem and you gotta shoot the final boss who's called Metalhead um, as he's grabbing onto the rail in front of you and if you crash into his hand you take damage but also he has like these little drones shooting at you from the side as well so you gotta like it's kind of like a really timid bullet hell kind of thing it's super cool and as I got older I did want to speedrun it but I just there's way too much like micromanaging of movement for me to want to speed run it so I just play through it when I'm like I have an hour to kill and I want to feel good so I'll just go and play Vector Man it's a very very enjoyable game yeah I played a little bit of it um when I got the Platinum Trophy in the Sega Mega Drive collection Yee. um I was just looking it up um I must have played Vector Man just enough to collect 500 photons I think you can do that in like the first two to three levels, or you could just yep. replay the first level over and over again. I don't remember what I did, but it was I didn't I didn't play a lot of it. One thing I like about Vector Man as well is the levels are done via days instead of like level one, level two. So the first stage in the game is it's called day one. And then you got day two, day three, and a lot of them have the same 
music as like a level slightly later on so i think the music for day one comes back up in like day 10 possibly or something like that but it's weird like when you hear the song for a second time it feels different because you're so much more progressed through so like hearing the song from day one when you're getting close to the end of the game you're like oh something's different here though and like there's a ton of background effects like lightning and there's levels where like it's all frozen or you're in like a factory and like a tv center as well where there's like propaganda videos playing in the background of metalhead just kind of being angry and throwing his arms up in the air <laughs> which is quite funny because i don't know if you you read the opening scroll when you first played the game but the main villain is a thing called an orbot which is what like vector man and stuff are who accidentally got a nuclear warhead like fused into him and because of that he was just like well i'm a villain now i think i would be too you kind of have to don't you yeah but yeah um honestly probably one of my favorite games of all time like the music in it's great the gameplay is really smooth for a game of its age uh like the combat in it is super fun you can double jump and your feet have like little kind of like um trying to think of the word like thrusters i guess but the thrusters can damage enemies so if you double jump over an enemy you can kill them so it gives itself a lot of mobility too and you can play it super slow and kill everything or you can attempt to like jump and run past all the enemies are like really varied like you'll fight a lot of the same ones over and over but there's enough change in the enemies through the game that it always feels fun when you encounter a new one because you're like, what does this thing do? Yeah. But I think placement-wise, I'm going to have to put it right at the top. Like right, right at the top? Yeah, straight to number one. It's I've There's nothing that I can fault about that game. Even the one level that I don't like, it's so annoying that it feels rewarding when you beat it. So I'm like, hell yeah, I beat the game. Well, there we go, a new no the first podcast in a week, and we have a new number one. Hell yeah. On Blake's list. It's Vector Man replacing, I believe, Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, uh, so my top three now is Final Fantasy fifteen, was one, then Halo 2, then Sleeping Dogs, now it's Vector Man, Final Fantasy fifteen, and Halo 2. Wow. I... Like, from the start, I already knew that Vector Man was going to be at least top three of the whole thing. Yeah. But I was like, I, I, the whole time I've been sat here wondering, like, when when will it come up? Like, <laughs> who's it going to dethrone and how surprised will people be? I mean, there's definitely one game I'm waiting for that will be number one. You know what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say what it is, but you know what it is. When it pops up. Yep. We'll all, we'll all know. Stu's number one is going to be Barbie Adventure Dreamhouse XL yes! Turbo Edition versus Capcom. <laughs> HD. HD. Yeah. Are you going to go for the remaster or the free PS5 upgrade? Uh, just a remaster. The, weirdly, the PS5 version has a weird issue where you can't enter the Dreamhouse on oh, level what? 4. Yeah. It's really weird considering level 4 is the Dreamhouse. <laughs> Yeah, so I can't progress through the game. 
Um, but oh, the adaptive triggers for the PS5 version of Barbie's uh, dream house is That's amazing. That's quite like Barbie's really accurate gunfire simulator. <laughs> like you press like the triggers to walk, and actually feel like the vibration and everything makes it feel like you're actually walking in high heels. I mean, it also helps that you walk about in high heels when you play games, anyway. Yes, and I have vibration in them. <laughs> vibration shoes. <laughs> All right, it's your turn. Are you ready? I yes, yes I am. All right, the wheel is going. Oh, I'm nervous. You should be. It's stacking. Ah, oh, stacking. I don't. I'm not gonna have a lot to say about stacking. <laughs> <laughs> but stacking is just this adorable uh, puzzle game uh, made by Double Fine. Um, I think of like 2011, 2012. Uh, basically, you play as it's all like, like graphically, it's all very reminiscent of like a like a Victorian um era, I believe. Um, it's been a very long time since I've played it, but yeah, you, you play like um, like a little like nesting doll and like the littlest nesting doll, and you solve puzzles by sort of um going inside other slightly bigger uh, nesting dolls. You've got to try and like. Find the right one, um, to like. So say like again, I can't. It's been a very long time since I played the game, but say you're in like a train station, and you need to get to like the ticket office. You need to like find the ticket officer, but he's like you know stage three or stage four size. Let's say stage three. So your normal character, I don't remember his name unfortunately, but your normal character stage one, and he's just going about being a, 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 a like ah, I'm jolly. And then you find, I don't know, just a, a passenger. Just a random passenger. You go inside him, and now you're, like, slightly bigger. And then you can go into the, the ticket officer, and then you can, like, go into the ticket uh, booth and solve the puzzle. And oh. all the puzzles are like that. Um, where you basically got to try and um, become the right character for the right uh, scenario. And solve the puzzle that way. The game's not too long. It's not particularly arduous. It's a very chill, just a very nice game. Um, I don't think it ever came to a console beyond the PS3 360 era. I need to check if it actually got a PC release. Uh, according to this, uh, Linux, Mac OS, Windows, PS3, and 360. Well, there you go. Um, Do you realize it was done by Double Fine and THQ? Yeah. Um... It basically was one of those, um, like, especially early on, Double Fine, and they still do it occasionally, where, like, they'll just let their, like, team do, like, these little like, indie games, um, like, in between their, their bigger projects, and it's just, it's a very, it's a nice game, it's a, it's a funny game as well, um, definitely pick it up, you could probably, like, if it's on the, P if it's on, like Steam or anything is probably pretty cheap these days. I remember it being cheap at the time. Um, it's just a lovely little puzzle game. Like I said, I don't have a lot to say about it. Um, Apparently the character you play as, Charlie Blackmore. There we go. Um, and yeah, so you basically go, you stack into um, beggar dolls and use their abilities and um, some puzzles, I believe there's, like, multiple ways you can solve them. Um, there's also, like, some characters that are just very unique. Um, 
it's just it's just a very lovely game that stuck with me. Um, even though like I've not played it in like nine years because it it didn't come to a console, like it never got ported to PS4. You mean nine days? Pardon? Said so you mean nine days? Yeah, it's been a whole nine days. It's been nine days since you played that game. <laughs> I think in every podcast we have to put something that reminds me of Neil Cesarigo in it. We should just, like, get Neil Cicerigo. Imagine Neil Cicerigo's top 100 games and we'll take <laughs> a seven-month break in the middle of it. <laughs> well, he's probably a busy man. He probably, yeah. Yeah. So, Stu, where would you put stack? Uh, it's going to be quite low. That's, again, all these games on my list are good. At the very least. Um, but I'm going to put it as going to be the new 20th. The new so in between 20th. Dead Rising and Link's Awakening. Um, it's one of those games that's like just, you know, it's good. You have a good time playing it. Last a few hours. What more do you need? Uh, Battle Royale. Stacking BR when? <laughs> Come on, Double Fine. Come on, Tim Schafer. What was it that Tim Schafer had someone... He got upset with somebody because they... They made an anagram of his name and he didn't like it. Oh, I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> Tim Schafer is an anagram of Mr. Shipface. Right. <laughs> I can see why you might have been upset. Yeah, and he was like... That's... I mean, it is, but that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think we normally take a break every half an hour. We've got time for one a game for you. Let's do it. Alright. Here we go. I've spun the wheel. Whoa. I did it. And the wheel has spoken. Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Right. Christ. Black Ops 2. So... Black Ops 2 came out after Modern Warfare 2, so by that point I was already like quite into the online shooting kind of arena, I guess. Like I was I was very fond of Call of Duty and Black Ops 2 for me is the best in the Black Ops series by far. They had really good single player campaign. The multiplayer was still really fun and they put in enough things to change it that like it was fun to learn new stuff, and then once you really got used to like what weapons were perfect for you, the game felt brilliant. The killstreaks were all fun. Uh, the zombies mode, I'd spent countless hours in as well. I just it, it was one of those games where the the single player campaign had like multiple endings that you could get, but they also added a really funny non-canon ending where Avenge Sevenfold come out and start yelling at the main villain of the game because he's part of the band and they're all just playing music together. And they had Avenge Sevenfold like actually make music for the game as far as I'm aware. But there's something really funny about Sinister Gates walking out and just yelling at this guy who... Up until then, you've only known as a horrible war criminal. <laughs> and, like, the, there's not a lot that can really t 
top a moment like that because like the the game itself like the single player campaign is really like obviously it's dark it's a call of duty game it's not going to be all fun and games but like i was drinking my tea it was it was a kind of comedy thing that it didn't detract from the fun of the game or the seriousness like by the time you get to it, you've already sat through all the credits, so you've had a chance to sit and think about whatever ending you got. I want to point out, I got the, uh, I got one of the bad endings first time I did it, so I went back and got one of the better ones. It was even funnier getting a good ending and then having Avenged Sevenfold come out and be like Menendez, which is the villain, and he's like, "You fucking idiot, go, <laughs> go, play the guitar or whatever he does." <laughs> Um, the zombies mode, like, the, I don't remember what maps were all in it, but the zombies was super fun. Like, zombies always is. You just, you just kill as many zombies as you can. Obviously, there was a lot of, uh, Easter egg stuff, and there's a way you can actually beat and finish zombies, but I don't think I ever fully did it. I think I beat the, I need to make sure, was it Black Ops 2 that had Ascension? Uh, I'm just gonna quickly Google it. No, Ascension was 3. Okay. And one. It wasn't in two. Wow, it was literally in between <laughs> both of them. Um, I don't remember all the zombies maps from two. I think Nuketown was one of them, and I basically just would sit there and just kill zombies over and over and over again. Like, you've seen me play, like, the Black Ops 4 zombies on stream as well. Like, it is very fun yeah. to just sit there and kill thousands upon thousands of zombies one after another for a couple of hours when you want something to do. Multiplayer-wise, like like they've always done, they've always had a lot of interest in maps. Some of them better than others, obviously. Like They're not going to have constant, perfect maps each time. Some of them are kind of crap. But I think the thing that appealed to me was having a bunch of my friends there to play it as well. So we were partied up. We were all set talking in the Xbox Live party chat. There was enough of us to like fill out a team just by ourselves. And we all... like One of my friends at the time, he was and I believe still is, inhuman at Call of Duty. He was so good at it that he was always the top player, and he he made everyone else look like completely beginners. But he was very good at, like, fast pace. Like, he had he has really good reaction times, so he was super good with using things like submachine guns or anything else that was, like, quite close quarters, like, required a lot of fast reactions to use. I was much more fond of the assault rifle kind of weapons, things that had, like, a good balance, because it meant that I could fight from any range if needed. Uh, another one of my friends was super fond of the LMG because he could just shoot for, like, four minutes straight without having to reload and do this evil cackle where he's like, yes, look at all these bullets. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It was, again, I've said this about other games as well, it was a game that came out at the perfect time for it, because... Yeah. Modern Warfare 2 had blown up so much that when Black Ops 2 came out, the transition from that game to Black Ops could have been horrendous if Black Ops wasn't as polished as it was. But they did everything right that they needed to. The The fan base was obviously just happy to have more Call of Duty. They put a lot of time and effort into the campaign. They put a hell of a lot of time into the multiplayer. This was before Battle Royales were even a thing. So basically you just had people who play like core or hardcore. So like core you'd have um, like UI and you'd have health 
that you could heal, but in hardcore you had less UI and most guns were pretty much a one-hit kill just to make it more fun. Like, you had to be the faster shooter or the better positioned one. And you had all the typical game modes like Team Deathmatch, Free For All, Domination, Capture the Flag, all that kind of thing. It was very fun and it was at the age where, like, I, I had Xbox Live and I didn't do that thing that I do now where I don't like talking to complete strangers on the internet because a lot of them could get you in trouble by saying pretty bad things, especially if you're streaming. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of fun. And I think out of all the Call of Duties, barring possibly the newest Modern Warfare, I think I spent the most time in Black Ops 2. Nice. I don't think I ever played Black Ops 2. Um, I, I had a, like... I had a phase for a few years where I was like, oh, I'll play Call of Duty and I'll play it for a week and then I just kind of for, like let it go. And I was like mo from like Modern Warfare up until Modern Warfare 2. So I don't think I ever got on to Black Ops 2, unfortunately. Like that's where I dropped off. Yeah, that's fair. Position-wise, it's difficult. I would probably put it above Fury but below Doom. So I think in fifth place. Like below Doom and make it sixth place. That's right. I'm looking at the screenshot that you sent me of where things were and I forgot <laughs> there was already a new number one. So yeah, below below Doom but above Fury. Okay. Sixth place, Call of Duty, Black Ops 2. Also, uh, it always made me laugh that the shortened version was just blops cod blops <laughs> cod blops and cod blops too <laughs> all right well I, I i'm feeling like a break yes let's break let's do it okay all right i've stopped recording i have oh, not wait i haven't <laughs> <laughs> Same. Wow! I thought you were gonna do a Waluigi impression. <laughs> Hit record. Wah! Wah! <laughs> uh, dude, can you believe uh, Sora's in on... fucking uh, Kingdom Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, Gordon, do you know Sora's in Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> <laughs> Sora's in Kingdom Hearts! No way! He's in fucking Smash Brothers and they removed Donald and Goofy from the stained glass painting yeah. on the floor. <laughs> I'm guessing Disney were like, okay, you can have the logo on the Keyblade and that's fucking it. Yeah, that's the most you're getting from us, Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, which is weird, because Nintendo and Disney, like, have a relationship. Yeah. They're doing a thing. I'm pretty sure there's a Disney game coming to the Switch. Anyway, are you ready to sync? I am. Alright, here we go. Three. Two. <laughs> I thought you'd lagged out. One.
Well, that was terrible. I didn't know what the timing for that was at all. <laughs> I'll do it again. Three, two, one. There we go. There we go. All right. There was such a long pause. You're like, three. <laughs> two, one. <laughs> this is all staying in, by the way. Yeah. Including the part where you were like, hey, did you hear that Sora's in Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> well, did you know that? I didn't, actually. Well, there you go. Never played Kingdom Hearts. It's a game I've been meaning to play for a while. I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. It's, yeah, I think the ship has sh shailed. <laughs> the ship has shailed. <laughs> the ship has shailed. Uh, I, I think it's my turn to it talk. It is your which turn. Is Unfortunate. <laughs> Alright, the wheel is spinning. Ooh, so am I. Ooh. Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I was talking, which one is that one? It's the newest one. Yes. Um, the eighth one. Not the ninth one. That doesn't exist yet. Well, technically it doesn't. There's Mario Kart Live, but that's not Mario Kart Nine. That's just that's a, that's a separate. That's a spe so Mario Kart Eight, um, might be the best kart racing game of all time. Um, it's just so damn good. Yeah. Um, and when we're saying Mario Kart Eight, I'm sort of lumping both the Wii U and the Switch version together because. The Switch version is essentially just the definitive version of uh, the Wii U version, which is a couple of extra things, but um, doesn't matter what console you're playing on Mario Kart 8. I mean, Mario Kart 8 might have been the m main reason to have a Wii U, and now there's no reason to have a Wii U. <laughs> yeah. Um, that and Mario Maker, they both come to the Switch. Um, I love Mario Maker. Oh, me too. Do you remember yeah, here a really difficult level that you designed? <laughs> Where you had to sprint and jump over one enemy. <laughs> no, you had to kill the one enemy because you had the key. Yeah. I, well, I should tough. go back I should go back to Mario Maker at some point. Yeah, I can't like sometimes I get that itch where I'm like, I just want to design a really goofy, silly level. I think I'm trash at 2D Mario, so I don't, I don't even enjoy like playing other people's levels that much. <laughs> I just want to make apps, not even hard levels. I just want to make dumb levels. Yeah, they're um, like the difficult ones are fun, but I think this the really funny levels are way better. Yeah. Uh, and hey, maybe we'll talk about Super Mario Maker. I actually have no <laughs> idea if it's on the list. Um, but. Mario Kart 8 is, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, I just think it is the most inventive. Um, and so I, I didn't, never played Mario Kart 7 on the uh, 3DS. I sort of went from, um, really, there is, um, uh, so I have to see. Okay, it is on the list. Fantastic. Super Mario <laughs> Maker is, we will be talking about it. Yes. Spoilers. Um. So when it comes to Mario Kart, my history of it is literally I played the Game Boy Advance one. Then I had the DS one. And then I had the Wii one, but I played it once. Then I got Mario Kart 8. Um, so Mario Kart is definitely one of those like things where I played it a lot, but I never had it much. Um, with the exception of... Um, so I got the Game Boy Advance one with the Game Boy Advance. I got the DS one 
um, not long after I got a DS. It was one of the few games I had on it. So I played it a lot. Um, though, but I, the problem with Mario Kart DS is I took it to school a lot. Because um, I would play with someone. Because you could play, um, as long as they had a DS, they didn't need to have Mario Kart. They could still play it. Yeah. But they were locked to playing as Dry Bones, I believe. Um, so I would take it to school a lot. And there was one time in music class, we were in one of the separate rooms just playing my DS. And the teacher came in and my friend in a panic threw my copy of Mario Kart behind the piano. And then I forgot about it and I never saw it again. Oh, um, no. Yeah. And then, like, I got Mario Kart Wii, but I don't know what it was. I just wasn't that... Um, it didn't It didn't capture me as much as I would have liked. But to be fair, I think I... At the time, I, I got a Wii and then also got, like... Because by the time I got a Wii, it was, like, dirt cheap. And so were a lot of the games. So I just got a Wii and then a dozen games all at once. So I just never gave it a chance. But Mario Kart 8 um, is probably the Mario Kart I've played the most. Um, and it's just so good. Like, the roster... The roster's probably got a bit too much filler, but it's also got... It's what everyone you would want to play as in a Mario Kart. Except got... Sora. Except Sora. Sora is not in S- Smash Brothers. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sora is not in Smash Brothers. Stu has cancelled that entire reveal. <laughs> and you laughed at me for saying, remember when Sora was in Kingdom Hearts? I do remember when he was in Kingdom Hearts, though. I do. Uh. So yeah, Sora's not in Smash Brothers, and also... <laughs> Um, not in Mario Kart. But it's got all the characters you want to play as. It's got Waluigi. <laughs> so, and... <laughs> Sorry, what's that? Can I need to cough? Uh, for those of you at home, um, I mute my headset to cough. Um, but, yeah, it's got, like... I think it's got the... I don't know if it's got the most courses, but... Yeah, with like especially the deluxe edition. Yeah, it's got the most courses, and none of them feel particularly filler. They're all really good. Even like the retro ones have been like updated to a modern standard, and they feel fresh as a result. And you know, it's just one of those games. It's like the perfect game to play when you've had a few drinks with your friends, and you you really want to start a fight. Uh, just play Mario Kart, and... We should probably put a disclaimer that we don't encourage people to have friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, I... To drink, yes. To have friends, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, is, this PSA has been paid for by vodka. So... Oh. Yeah. We're, we're sponsored now. Um, but yeah, so some of the tracks, like, um, I so I'm really bad at remembering specific names of tracks, but there's one that's the music track. Yeah, the music track is great because like you're just driving about and then you go on a piano and yeah, and it actually goes and it's that's great. And there's little like note like giant little giant notes as what I was about to say there. There's a giant notes is going like running about, and I I'm a big sucker for like music themed levels in games that actually like work with the music or like what you do affects the music 
um that sort of thing you know mm-hmm. um there's those, like levels in like airports uh in the airport <coughs> which sounds like you know it's like oh yeah the airport levels like that sounds boring it's like yeah but you can fly it's like oh i love flying in an airport it's like it's the best place to do it <laughs> um literally the number one place it can happen exactly um and obviously there's like rainbow road as well um and like so there's so like the tracks are so um invented so there's one there's one track and I, again i wish i remember names of individual tracks but there's one that's literally a figure of eight but it's not just like it's not just like a flat sort of it's like um there's a name for it but it's like you're sort of like at one point you're like driving on the ceiling and everything like it's what a feeling and <laughs> what a feeling when you get hit by a blue shell on the ceiling um i'm editing that i, I do not want to hear me sing nope you um, gotta leave it in no um i in the actual like vocal track so people think i can actually sing um but yeah, so like the tracks get all like inverted, and there's parts where you, you you're like hovering and you hit some things and you get a little speed boost, um, and everything just feels good. Like if it just feels good to play, um, so yeah, it's got the, some of the best tracks in Mario Kart, both from the past and the present. Um, it's got you know the best roster of characters because it does have Waluigi. Even though my main is Boo, because for some reason I'm, when I play Boo, I win a lot. I don't understand. It's because you're a ghost. Luigi... Oh yeah, I am. That's why I'm I'm afraid of yellow circles that are only seventy five percent full. <laughs> um. And Italian men wearing green with a backpack. At a Hoover. Oh, I'm not scared of that. You should be. We'll find your house. <laughs> it's fine. I'm safe in this mansion and our hotel. Ooh. Um, mm. But yeah, there's Mario Kart 8. Just, so for a very long time, and there's another kart racing game that I consider to be the best for like 20 years. And then Mario Kart came in and it's just like, ahaha, that game <laughs> is now old. And I'm like, it is now. Thanks. It's just... It is like the perfect that just you know game you can just stick on play for like half an hour and then move on. It's the game you can play with friends. I've even like jumped on like um there's gonna be a couple of times where I've just been watching someone stream it. And they're like, oh, we're gonna do like a big tournament with viewers. I've just joined in and found out just how bad I am at Mario Kart. Um, I believe I was watching um a guy called uh, the Peanut Butter Gamer. He did one. And I think out of, like, 80 people, I finished, like, 64th. That's the Nintendo number. It is, which means I probably didn't finish that position. (laughs) 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 But, um, it's roughly like that. I was, but I was having fun, like, even though I was losing, just playing online with real people is still fun. And obviously there's no way, like, the only way you can really communicate is, like, in between races. You have like a select like, you've got like eight phrases you can say. So they can't even like abuse me for being bad. It's just like I get to be bad on my own with Hell other yeah. people. Hell yeah! 
Um, but yeah, just genuinely, like, if you've got a Switch and you want something, you can play with your whole family, with your friends, even though you shouldn't have any, with your cousins, with, you know, new people you've never met before. Get Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It is prob it is the best kart racing game of all time. And I feel like I'm an expert. I have played the Nickelodeon one. That is... That's the only qualifier. Yeah. Not only did I play the Nickelodeon one, I platinumed it. Damn. And it's bad. <laughs> How could you? It's the best <laughs> game since sliced bread. Sliced bread was a good game. Iron, Iron Bread was a stressful <laughs> game. I've only played the first level. Well, you probably finished more of the game than I did. <laughs> I don't know if I finished it. Oh, <laughs> then we're probably in the same spot. Yeah, speaking of spots. Yes. I'm going to put Mario Kart 8. And considering I've, you know, just been absolutely... um. And excuse the phrase, I don't know why this is the only word that's coming to mind. Because then I've been gushing about it. <laughs> I hate that phrase, but it's like, I can't think of the words to properly describe. Uh, I'm going to put it uh, below Oblivion. Ooh. In 16th place. 16th. Goes to Mario Kart 8. Yes. Um, I think it's a fantastic multiplayer game but i also feel like especially nowadays it's not a game i would play on my own anymore um it, it literally only really comes out when um you know I've got friends over or um, want to play online with um people but um it is a fantastic game definitely recommend picking it up if you know you want a really good car i mean like most people who ha want Mario Kart have Mario Kart at this point. It's one of the best-selling games on the <laughs> Switch. But, like, if you're getting a Switch, if you're getting, like, the new, like, OLED Switch, like, you know, yeah. there's 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 not much better options for a multiplayer experience on the Switch. There you go. There you go. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. Oh... It oh. is! It is! But what is it? It is. Oh. Well, Need for Speed Underground 2! Oh my god. I got, I got such good games this time. I know, right? Uh, so... I love Need for Speed Underground 2. <laughs> <laughs> It starts with Riders on the Storm um, by Snoop Dogg. Right. So, you know, already off to just a soaring great start. A soaring great start? He's in Kingdom Hearts. What? So, the thing I liked about Need for Speed Underground 2, there was a really wide collection of cars, but there was also a lot of customization you could do to them. Like, you could change... Obviously, the color of the car, you could change like the the hood of the car, spoiler, the wheels. You could change the doors to open. Like, I'm glad you gave us that spoiler. There's wheels in the game? Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers <laughs> on the wheels. That'd be Spoilers very terrible. Spoilers on the wheels. 
<laughs> my favorite door song. Yeah. It's my second favorite door song. What's your favorite? <laughs> I didn't even have a joke for that. Oh, we're so good at this. Uh. <laughs> so, like, the there was a lot of different race types in it. You could have just your average, like, sprint race, so get from point A to point B. Circuit races where you just do laps of a set circuit. There was drag races, which I hated doing when I was younger because you had to accelerate and then gear shift by pressing, I think it was R1 and L1 to downshift. But I was really bad at timing the gear shifting on it. There was SUV races. There was drifting and downhill drifting. And drift races were you'd have a circuit and you had to gather up as much points drifting around the circuit as you could. Downhill drifting, though, was you drifting and racing down, like, from point A to point B, trying to get as much points as you can on the way down. But they would have, like, zones where you'd get extra points if you drifted through it, and it felt brilliant to just, like, throw your car into it and properly just catch the whole corner in the drift zone and end up with millions more points. There was so many different cars. You could... Like I was saying, you could customize them to have, like, different door types. So you could have normal doors, the sort of, like... You know, it didn't make sense for every car. You could get, like, the scissor doors that you tend to get in a lot of sports and supercars that open upwards. Mm-hmm. And you could get uh, the doors that, instead of, like, opening from right to left, open from left to right. I don't remember what those doors are called, though. I need to look up. Um... So they're... They're called suicide doors. Oh, probably could have, probably could have had a better name. Um, yeah. Apparently How... n- now they are described as coach doors by Rolls Royce and rear hinged doors. Right. So they. I mean, boring names, but better than what it was. Yes. So you could put those on your car, and one of the cool things was you had to. You get like a star rating out of ten for how much you customize and make your car look cool. Yeah. And you would get sponsors as you won races as well. So, like, certain actual real companies like NOS and, like, different tire companies or car part manufacturers and stuff would sponsor you. So they would give you a contract, like, win five drift races and three circuit races. And they would pay you, like, 150 grand and you'd get a bonus for beating all the contract stuff. And what would happen eventually is you would get to put your car on the front cover of a magazine. So you would take your car to a location and then they would let you like position your car in whatever way you wanted. You could open the doors, you could spin the wheels to let like the tire smoke off, you could put neons on it, you could have like your front lights on and off, you could open the hood, and you basically just like positioned your car to get the best photograph for the front of a magazine that you could. That sounds um, cool. And unlike Need for Speed Underground 1, the whole city was free roam, whereas I believe in Underground One you just did races. I didn't really. Play I believe it too that's much. the case. I had Underground on the PC, so I don't know if it was different, but I remember that being the case. Yeah. Yeah, and then for two, they they made it like a drivable open world where you could just speed around and you would drive to like races that you wanted to take part in or garages so you could switch out your cars and whatnot it was really really fun and i spent so many hours in it and if i remember rightly they're looking at um they're looking at remastering it i'm pretty sure 
they've been so they've done um a Need for Speed uh remaster recently for Hot Pursuit, I believe. I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to do Underground because I remember that like I I know Need for Speed was a big franchise before Underground, but Underground was how I feel like it exploded in popularity afterwards. Because mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like that was like sort of when the series was like on like on its way to like its peak. Oh, so I think a lot of people have fond memories of it. Yeah, so at the moment they said that they're not sure if there will be one, but there's a fan-made remastered ray tracing of Underground Ooh. Two. Ooh. But if they did remaster it, I would play that for hours. Like I've been playing a lot. Like I've played a lot of a. Uh, a lot of the Need for Speed games, but on the PS4 I've played a lot of Most Wanted and Heat. And I have some gripes with Need for Speed Heat, especially in response like the the police that chase you in that game, because they rubber band hard. Mm. Like, I was in a, like a, an actual genuine supercar and regular police vehicles were catching up to and overtaking me at like ridiculous speeds. And I was like, you know what, I'll do that might give me an advantage. I'll switch to my off-road car, and I'll drive on the off-road tracks. And the exact same types of cars were catching up to and overtaking me off-road as well. So the only real way to get rid of the police is to do jumps, which nine times out of ten means the police will wipe themselves out. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you should be able to just, like, confidently get away with good driving but it's not always the case because there's some races that require you to get to like the maximum heat level you can so heat is basically like wanted stars in gta yeah and when you win those races you get a premium car part which you then have to drive from where the race ends back to your garage whilst you've still got a five level five heat the police are still chasing you and the car part is volatile so if you get hit too much by the police, the car part will be destroyed and you have to do the race again. And to oh. me, like, it just didn't feel like, because obviously I'm not like a hardcore racing game player. I, I just like driving fast cars and I like, I like the modifying and changing of how the car looks more than the racing, really. Right, yeah. But that makes sense. I also, you know, want to play the whole game and do everything I can, but that was a very limiting Why? feature. Who knows? <laughs> but with Underground 2, like, it never felt like it was too difficult, and yeah. it had ridiculous amounts of customization for all the cars. Like, I remember my first car, I believe, was like a Peugeot 201, I think it was a 105, actually. I'm gonna quickly Google what it looks like and make sure it was. Yeah, my first car was a Peugeot 105, which gives you an idea of how old it was. Yeah. Um, Not the Type 105, which was introduced in 1908. Just a 105. But I, I loved it. The amount of cars that you could get. Like, I believe for my SUV races, I had the Cadillac Escalade, and it was Ooh. huge. And I was like, you know what? I know that when you're racing, the idea is that you slow down going into a turn, accelerate coming out of it. But what I would do is I would use the side of my car and the side of a, an NPC car, and I would use them to bounce off them and go around corners so they would crash and I would keep going. Amazing. Turns out in a Cadillac Escalade when you're ramming into a Range Rover like that, you just straight up just you push them and they go <laughs> and you don't really turn very well. But no, I think like 
out of every racing game I've ever played, Underground 2 is always going to be the best one. And position... That's tough. I played a lot of that game. And it's, it's 100% in my top 10. I think, for now, I'm going to put it in 5th. Uh, below Sleeping Dogs, above Doom? Yeah. There it is. I think Fifth the place. only reason it's not higher is because I played Sleeping Dogs recently and it was great. If I was to play the PS2 version of Need for Speed, I don't think I would find it as fun to control. But I think that's because mm -hmm. I've been spoiled by how tightly controlling a lot of modern driving is. Yeah, the way that driving games control is very different than it was even in the PS2 era. Yeah. Because nowadays, most of them use the triggers to accelerate and brake. Yep. I believe back um, then you held down X to accelerate. Huh. Press X to accelerate. That was going to be our uh, first name, but then we were like, hmm. When we own a Formula 1 team, that'll be what this is called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we do. Yeah, when. So yeah, do you want to do one more or will we call it there? We're at well, let's do one more. Do you one know, more. we normally do five, but like, it's been... It's been a week. Like, it's been a week. Let's let's give let's give the people one more. Alright, well your one is gonna be I I accidentally spun the wheel while you were talking, so I'm not gonna do that one, I'm gonna spin it again. Because okay. I was just kinda absent mindedly clicking. Your game is Oh Wow, a bit of a theme going on. Super Mario Odyssey. Oh This okay, so Right, Super Mario Odyssey, I'm just going to throw it out here, it's the best Mario game ever made. Uh, Super Mario 64 is it's fine, but it's old. Super Mario Odyssey is the most perfect Mario game. It's probably, oh, it's probably up there with some of the best platformers of all time. Probably the best. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Mario Odyssey is everything I wanted in a Mario game ever since Galaxy, essentially. Um, it basically... Um, if you've never played Mario Odyssey, I, I'm assuming that just means you don't have a Switch. Um, it is just one of the most tightly controlled platformers out there. Um, it's got content for days. Probably, like, so, instead of, like, so, in other, like, Mario 3D games, you'd be collecting, like, stars or whatever. It's only you're uh, collecting moons. Very different. Um, but there's, like, 900 plus of them now. Um, and instead of, like, you know, you go into a level with a specific goal to earn a star, you're now just, uh, dropped into these hub worlds that, mm -hmm. um, you can fully roam all on your own, and if you see something a little off, go there, do something, and you might get a moon. Like, it's got that same sort of, um, if you play Breath of the Wild and you're just, like, exploring, and then you just see something that just doesn't seem right. So you go to and like, hmm, what if I put that rock there? Oh my god, I've got a thing. It's the same sort of philosophy with Mario Odyssey. It just like, it really wants you to explore the levels. And luckily, all the levels are good. I can't think of like a one I didn't enjoy. Like even the ones that are like underwater, which has traditionally been some of the weakest Mario levels, fine. They control well. And a part of that is because of Mario Odyssey's uh, biggest uh, you know, feature is um, so Mario's got a new hat and it's alive, and 
you can throw that hat into certain uh, creatures and possess them. And what this does is it really introduces a lot of like um, interesting elements to certain levels. Like in the underwater ones, you can now um, possess the fish and you can traverse underwater without having to worry about drowning and it feels nice. Um, other ones you can like other things you can possess. You can possess a T Rex and just smash your way through the levels. Um, you can possess tanks, frogs. I mean, I don't need to say anymore. You can be a frog. Don't you want to be a frog? Always. It's the only wish I have in this world. Well, play Mario Odyssey become and that wish, and um, you become Frogio. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> um. But yes, I, and the levels are, again, super creative. Like, there's one, uh, the launching kingdom, where everything is food. So, like, you know, those sort, sort of, like, in platformers where you have to, like, balance and stuff. Well, and I, you know how, like, some, in some games you're, like, you're rolling on a log, so you walk on it to make it, like, go forward? Mm-hmm. Imagine that, but it's a cob of corn. I wanted to make, like, the corn noise, but I just can't. Yeah. I can't, and also, I can't do an impression of a Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis. Uh, yeah. And I was about to be like, oh, you mean... And then I was about to do the disturbed noise, so... <laughs> <you know? laughs> so what we've established is neither of us are prepared for a new metal band. <laughs> no. I'm afraid not. Um... But yeah, just like Mario Odyssey is like it's got some of my favorite levels in Mario. Like, I mean, I th- I think New Donk City has become <laughs> legendary. I- <laughs> Sorry, and even after all this time, a city called New Donk City is always going to be funny. It's genuinely one of them, like it's a very memorable level, even before the game came out. Um. Because, like, when the first trailer came out and they just had these, like, like normal-looking humans, and then there's this Mario, it's like, oh, this is going to be, like, uncanny valley as hell. But it weirdly does work. And, um... You know, it ends with, like, a big celebration of Mario's roots. Like, you go through, like, a level based on uh, the Donkey Kong arcade game. Oh, that's cool. Uh, hence, New Donk Cities. Donkey. Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, and it's got, like, the music as well is some of the best in the entire series. Just, I cannot, I cannot understate just how good Mario Odyssey is. It, like, I love, like, a lot of people say Breath of the Wild is the best game on the Switch, and I love Breath of the Wild. Um, I don't believe we've talked about that yet. We'll, talk, we'll definitely have a lot to say about that when it comes to it but i think odyssey just there's just something about odyssey's like vibe i really like mm-hmm. it's just um i mean like imagine releasing breath of the wild and odyssey in the same year like fucking hell what a year that See, was just before i forget you know that thing that some games do like you're just saying where you go through like levels that are themed after the previous games that came out Yes. I love when games do that when it's done well. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'm playing through Dragon Quest XI at the moment. And oh, yeah. 
there's a part of it where you find these little these little guys walking about and they'll give you a thing called a pest word <laughs> and that lets you go back to like all I, th- I believe it's all 10 of the previous dragon quest games and there'll be like a certain area of the game where you go back to and you have to like walk around that area and fix whatever has gone wrong because someone's trying to change the past basically that's neat and it was super cool going back to like i've not done all of them yet i think i've only done one or two but it was so cool going back to like an old top-down 2d kind of like pixel graphics game Mm -hmm. and then just playing through like that game and being like wow i remember when this was the pinnacle of games and now it is a small segment in a much larger game that does sound super neat. Yeah. And yeah, like, uh, um, uh, certain franchises can get away with it more than others. Um, I mean, uh, right, uh, I mean, at this point, s- s- half of Sonic levels these days are just old Sonic levels. Um, like, they kind of realize, no, people like old Sonic. They're not, they're not too fond of the new stuff. But Mario Odyssey does a really good job of sort of celebrating Mario's past while delivering a brand new experience. Um, yeah. So, like, even like, so, um, in this game, you can change Mario's costume. So you can change his hat and what he wears. And a lot of them are based on, like, like some of them are really obvious. Like, there's a doctor suit. It's based on Dr. Mario. Or, oh, there's a construction suit from the cover of Super Mario Maker. But there's also some like really obscure ones, like there's the costume he wears on the front of NES Golf. There's ones from like he there's wears from the there's Japan- a Velociraptor because he's Chris Pratt. <laughs> because he's oh, you can possess a T Rex in Mario Odyssey. Oh no! They predicted it years ago. <laughs> oh. They tried to warn us. Oh no! I'm gonna have to tweet that. Hold on, wait. <laughs> in. In Odyssey, you could... Be sure to schedule that for the 7th of October, though, just to be funny. Yeah. You could possess a T-Rex. Nintendo tried to warn us of Chris Pratt all those years ago. And in our hubris, we didn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... And yeah, like Mario Odyssey, like I'm not gonna I'm not going to um spoil it, but once you've beaten like the final boss, there's more worlds after that. There's still like keeps a game like game after that. And the first world you go to after being the game is just it's it, it's chef's kiss. It's mwah. It's yes. It's good. It's yes. It's good. It's yes. It's yes. Um, I like literally can't think of anything like bad about Mario Odyssey, like when when you know, I fuck up is me, I'm the one fucking up, like, or it's my Joy-Cons but that's not Mario Odyssey's fault, that's Nintendo's fault, um but yeah, Mario Odyssey is just, it is probably the best platforming game of all time um, the fact that they've really modernized the sort of Mario 64 you know, you go into a level, you ex- explore, but it's like super, like it's very open world. 
there's so much variety in what you do as well. Like there's over, like I say, there's over 900 moons to collect, and obviously got like some that like reoccur per world you go to, but like there's so much variety, there's so much to do in the game, like. Even, like, without a guide, I could probably get, like, most of them just by exploring, just by, um, like, figuring out what to do. This, um, I mean, granted, there's some where you literally just nut and then you get a moon, but, um... Sorry, go back. Uh, how far back do you want to go? What was that? What was that? You just do what and then you get a moon? You nut. <laughs> One more time. You nut and then you get a moon. <laughs> I don't even want you to explain. No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna keep that out of context. But people who've played Mario Odyssey know what I'm talking about. Cut to, like, us getting 5,000 comments of, like, <laughs> the hell are you on about? <laughs> um, sorry, one second. But yeah, so, um... It doesn't have the usual, like, Mario power-ups either. That's what they... Possession... <laughs> as um is for like instead of you know breaking a block and getting like a fire flower you just throw your hat at a tank and now you can just sh shoot things with your big cannon um when are they going to give mario an uzi oh that would be good <laughs> <laughs> um and yet like there's certain moons where like you go into like a pixely pipe and then you do like a size like a what looks like super mario like the original super mario brothers you do like a little like um segment of a level off that, based on that and so like this really neat touch with no matter what costume you're wearing it's reflected in the 8-bit version of mario uh this is one of those games where we're just like again with like same with breath of the wild they just put so much like little details in that all builds up to just being this incredible experience from start to finish. This is where oh, you're gonna put it, like bottom of your list. Oh, it's a trash game. One out of ten. Um, too much war. It's too much war. Not enough nuts. <laughs> the moon to nut ratio was a bit off. Um. But yes, in in conclusion, before I um go too far, like I could I could go on forever um with Super Mario Odyssey um and maybe I will one day. But it is just it is probably like if you're gonna get a Switch, there's really you get Breath of the Wild, you get Odyssey, you get Smash Brothers. Look, those are the three things you you gotta have if you've got a Switch. Yeah, and Mario Odyssey is. In my mind, the pinnacle of the Mario series, it might be the best platformer game of all time. Now, um, I think I'm going to put it, I think this episode is going to be historic. Are we getting two number ones? I'm going to put it ahead of Final Fantasy X. It's, it's my new number one. Ooh. I wasn't going to. And then, after this, like, talking about it for the past, like, ten minutes, I'm thinking about it, like, 
Mario Odyssey is so good. <laughs> like it's so good. It might be it might be one of the best games ever made. No, it is one of the best games ever made. It's been you number one. It's done. It's done. Can't believe it. I'm so glad we did one more. <laughs> yep. Ooh, so two new number ones. What a way to come back to podcasting. After a week. After a week. So, hold on. Super Mario Odyssey was initially released in 2017. Yes. And Vector Man was initially released in October 1995. Yes. So, if I do 2017 minus 1995. 22 years. 22 year difference of the top two games ever made. <laughs> and people said yeah. that games have gone downhill since seven months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Also, while we're talking about games and things related to them, did you see the trailer for Welcome to Raccoon City came out? Oh, no. I mean, I saw... I, I didn't see the trailer, but I saw it came out. The the trailer, it looks very faithful to uh, to Resident Evil 2. I'll take it. And they do, like, the... It seems like they're mixing the games together, possibly, because... I don't know. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's just the way that the trailer's edited, but there's a lot of focus on, like, Claire, but there's a lot of yeah. moments from Resident Evil 1. Like, when the the head out? turned zombie. Uh, it comes out... November? Alright. I think um, what I might have to do... Is the whole reason I stopped reviewing the video game movies because I was so sick of watching Resident Evil movies. Oh, it comes out in December. <laughs> All right, so I've got two months to review two more Resident Evil movies before it comes out. That's that's I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. You can't stop me. Try. You can't. Don't do it. Okay, I won't. Ooh. And disaster avoided. Ooh. And on that note, I think it is time for us to go away again. It is. Back to the depths for another week. <laughs> for another week. <sighs> it's been fun. Um, yes, oh, yeah. let us know what you think of these six wonderful, wonderful games we've talked about today. Um, yeah, let us know on Twitter or on whatever podcast service you are watching this on. Um, and yes. We'll see you soon. We will. Well, I won't. We won't see you soon. Well, I will. Um. Oh, Blake will. I. I. I will. I will smell you soon. I'll <laughs> smell you later. What an ending. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>